I just play them. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show for our financial hour. Joining us for this hour, Mike Johnson, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. So you kind of need to ignore the lyrics a little bit on that one. Um, it's a good song, though. It's This is the faces um, when they had become really a little more of a mature rock band. And this is kind of right before you know Ronnie Wood goes to the Rolling Stones and Rod Stewart takes off on his you know I think he made that album right after that that might have had oh what was that song that about playing pool or something I don't know it was this it was I think it was his first solo album uh anyway this this is the height of the sound of the faces so i think the guy the first guitar that you heard was ronnie wood and then i think the slide guitar is uh Ronnie Lane I'm pretty sure I think and of course Mac McClagan whom we spoke about uh, in the first hour is the electric piano guy this is a cool sound right there I mean Rod Stewart just you know he really toned his act down and became more really kind of a porch singer and i mean i know he he gained a big audience there but this is when he was just a pure rocker up there you know in in his little bell bottoms and hair that looked like it was done at jerry spry over here on north it's a little spiky wasn't it but i think before the faces that's when he was with jeff back jeff back well yeah that is that's a cool ending that is cool um Way back, it was a group called the Small Faces. I don't know where the Jeff Beck thing came in. Somewhere. Yeah. Maybe between Small Faces and Faces. You're right. I didn't think about that. I think it did. I think there was a brief interlude in there. But obviously, Rod Stewart, you know, was going to be a solo artist, which he did. And, you know, um, and this is uh, way I talked about in the last hour about how I met Mac McClagan. We we did an interview with him back in 2014, right before he passed away. And he was the keyboardist and kind of got left high and dry when the two big superstars on the team take off and go other places and get get traded, so to speak. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, you know. I mean, when you're growing, it, it's like, you know, we talk in this business about vintages uh, in the investment business. The only way you can really understand that concept is to have been around it for a while. Because you see, you know, when we buy certain securities, it's like planting seed. 
And then we're going to see, you know, is this a good time in the cycle to be owning these things? Yeah. And we know, we talk about vintages, same thing in music. Yeah. What, when you grow up, what's being played when you're listening as a young person, impressionable. Yeah. Kind of beginning to, uh, you know, um, develop your view of the way things operate in, in whatever world, but music is a big one. And, uh, so, uh, and I look at my kids, you know, the stuff they listen to, I mean, I can't even listen to it. Uh, and then, then I'll hear Clark will be playing, uh, my son, he'll be playing something from, you know, the Rolling Stones or Hank Williams Jr. Or, you know, both on the same tape or something <laughs> and, and along with the, you know, yeah, they don't do tape anymore. It's called a playlist. Yeah, whatever. Nelly or, <laughs> or whoever these rappers are, Drake. I don't know. All right. So you've had a little rally. Now you feel like you're rich again. Mike wants to talk about the fact that, you know, you might be letting it go to your head a little too much. That's never happened to us. <laughs> never happened to anybody I know in the business. We've never gotten cocky in here. We wouldn't do it. I mean, it, 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 let me tell you something. You know, the problem is you get, you look at the market go up and you think, oh, God, here it comes. You know, we're going to get right. smacked in the head. And that's terrible to be like that. I mean, you know. But it's it's kind of like whack a mole, you know. We've we've gotten whacked enough times, you know. We we do expect bad news, and I'm sorry. It's 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 a it's a mental problem. And but you know we're just human. We've seen so many things happen. That's why. And and I'm being very serious now. We have to look at the downside, what it could be, in order for there to ever yeah. be any upside. That's right. If, you know. Uh, my old friend, Mayor Jim Gray, talked about how some guy he, he knew in business that used to say, if you'll take care of the downside, the upside will take care of itself. I'd heard him say that three or four times, mm -hmm. talking about business and what. And it's really true. I mean, yeah. really, most of our planning that we do is about taking care of the downside. Well, uh, First Eagle Funds, uh, one of their uh, kind of mantras is uh, uh, avoid the permanent impairment of capital. Right. Uh, that was that was one of Jean Marie's uh, Jean Marie Eviard, uh, who was the manager initially. Um, it was kind of one of his investing he mantras. Was an odd dude. Odd dude. Very good manager though. Uh, is he? Is he retired now? He is. Uh, well, I wonder if he's uh, still smoking two packs of of Galwazes a day. Very you know, like, possible. Very possible. But anyway, um, the dude, they they had to build a room, didn't they? Build some room somewhere in the building he was in to like that had a ventilation thing, <laughs> so he could go in there and smoke. It's, I think it, they did. I believe it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, the guy had to smoke. Yeah. So they had to put a room in in some fifty story skyscraper that yeah. you know uh, went to the outside. Well, and he he was uh, 
he was interesting. You look at some of the old uh, fund managers, and it, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about the fund managers kind of some conceptually. Of them are odd people. S- some of them are very odd. But you had Jean Marie <laughs> Evillard. You I'm had thinking, you're thinking Marty, <laughs> Marty Whitman, <laughs> Marty Whitman, who ran the Third Avenue Value Fund. Yeah. Uh, very odd, um, but there Bruce, Bruce Berkowitz. Um, you know, these guys, they thought differently. Highly focused. Highly focused, eccentric. Um, you know, Buffett and Munger would kind of fall into the same type of category, the way that odd. they think. Um, but they 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 go against the the crowd. Yeah. Um, Jean, they're all, but they're all different. To an extent. Yeah. Not all. I mean, Jean Marie's the worst. Buffett likes to know kind of. When Buffett does something, that's what the crowd ends up doing. That's right. Yeah. Um, but Marty Whitman, um, he was what you would call a deep value investor. Yeah. Jean-Marie was Which kind of a, a hybrid. high possibility of not working. Exactly. Sometimes. And and it, it, it did not work several times. Yeah. Um, which was a big problem for the fund yeah uh, but it's it's interesting looking at these guys and you know successes and failures uh these are some of the best minds in business Absolutely. and investing um and you can learn a lot by following these people over you know the decades and looking at what they did right what they did wrong right. um but what we've seen uh especially the last uh well year to date um 2022 terrible year 2023 has been very good for tech basically tech and other things are starting to catch up since november um well you look at 401k plans by their nature the the most widely owned investment in a 401k plan is the s&p 500 index so Listeners, you if you have a 401k, you probably have some sort of an S&P 500 index fund, which means it's basically a closet tech fund. Um, it's naturally uh, made for growth. It's for the while you're dollar cost averaging the accumulation phase of life. Now, if you are getting close to retirement, um, your situation's about to change because the dollar cost averaging stops, and on top of that, you're probably going to start drawing from that portfolio. So let me just, I'm going to explain that different. Every paycheck, when you're working, something goes out of your paycheck and into your 401k fund. So you're putting money in. Market's up, you're putting money in. Market's sideways, you're putting money in. Market's down, you're putting money in. As long as you're working and drawing a, a salary, if you get paid every two weeks, every two weeks money is going into your fund. That is happening. When you retire, the reverse begins to happen. Every two weeks or every month, something's going to come out of your fund. Up market, down market, especially down market, that helps you when you're adding to it because you're buying more shares for that same amount of money that's coming out of your paycheck. Now you're retired and you need to take money out. We're in a different game. The game we're in now is how do we take money out 
of the fun you've been adding to for 40 years without all of a sudden having that money go all away. And that's the problem that we're totally wrapped around. Right. And so you've had what is likely one of the largest holdings in your 401k retirement plan rally this year um, because of the literally those seven the tech S&P stocks, 500. The, the S&P 500. It's weighted more heavily to the top seven stocks. The way it's designed, they represent, what, 23% of the whole index. Right. So if you're getting ready to enter that, distribution phase which is where you're drawing from it um that's when it makes sense it can make sense depending on your situation to convert if you will you're converting that growth vehicle into an income vehicle um and you know that's that's what we do we're trying to solve that problem you know minimize the sequence of return risk um and produce that consistent income stream now Anytime you have a market go straight up for a short, a short intermediate period of time, what that causes is recency bias. So you start extrapolating out, hey, this thing's going to keep going. This thing's going to keep going. It's the exact opposite of what you were seeing back in you know August, September. Market was going down, down, down. Oh, you know, this is going to keep going. I'm going to be wiped out. Same thing when the market's going up. Oh, it's going to keep going. And so it can lead to complacency and more dangerously, or equally as dangerous anyway, uh, you can start taking on more risk, knowingly or unknowingly, uh, because you start seeing things go up like, oh my goodness, you know, it can't do anything but go up. So you start buying things in the portfolio that you maybe normally wouldn't buy uh, because you're chasing these returns. And so just... It, that's you know the dopamine effect you know the just different things that are going on is recency right. bias we're human and so that's the natural inclination is you buy when things have already gone up have been going up so essentially you're buying high um that's especially dangerous as you're entering that retirement phase right um you know what we try to do is look at areas that haven't had that big run up uh look at areas that uh, show relative in some cases absolute value uh because you're looking <coughs> first and foremost at the income stream because let's say you have a hundred shares of stock and it's paying you you know five hundred dollars a year in dividends well what you don't want to have happen is when the market goes down, you're selling 10 shares of stock to take your distribution. Yeah. Ideally, if you have 100 shares of stock paying you $500, if you're taking $450 of it, you still have your yeah. 500 or your 100 shares of stock. You're just taking the income stream. Um, so you can. And that's got to be a stock that pays a dividend. And most growth stocks, which is a big part of what's in the SP 500, do not pay a dividend. So. The fact is, all those big stocks that we talk about—Netflix, uh, Google, Nvidia, Nvidia, Amazon, uh, Microsoft, Tesla—they Tesla, do not pay a dividend. Once again, folks, this is going to sound real basic. A stock does. 
when a stock goes up, that's not the dividend. When a stock goes up, that is not the dividend. The dividend is paid separately. Mike's over there rolling his eyes like <laughs> they know that, Tom. No, they. I'm not, I'm not going to ask you if you know that. I'm going to tell you just in case you don't know so I won't embarrass you by having to ask me that you don't know that. The fact is it's very confusing at times. This business can be confusing. And what I've said to people and try to keep saying is we're here to make it more clear for you. Dividends are separate from growth. Growth is the stock market was up 300 points today. That's growth. That's the shares going up in value. That's growth. What they never tell you on the stock report is the market paid 1.5% in dividends today. That never gets talked about. They only talk about whether the market's going up or yeah. down. So you never hear about dividends. You don't hear about dividends. Even though that's one of the biggest components of total return. Huge. And you don't hear about it. Yeah. It's not considered sexy. It's not considered cool. It's well, it's not it's not something junkies get off on. Yeah. Well, I mean it's it, dividends are boring, quite frankly. And if you if you're the if you're the media, you need to have something to sell every day. And if exactly if you're right. telling the same thing every day, so people are going to stop listening. You know, if you have if you've had a company that's paid a dividend and raised it for decades con consecutively, you know, year after year after year, yeah, the share price is going to move around. But that's not the story. The story's the dividend, right? And just it's a boring story, and that's why nobody talks about it. Um, but <clears throat> the uh, the other, and this is a big uh, uh, change in how you think. While you're in the accumulation phase, all that matters is that market value, what the dollar value is. When you start drawing from it, the market value is important. Don't hear, don't misunderstand me. It is important, but what's equally as important is what that income stream is, uh, because all the market value tells you is. This is all the market's willing to pay you today. The market is erratic. It, it might be euphoric or it might be, you know, way too pessimistic and they're willing to pay you too much or too little at any given time. The income stream, that's the part that's very, very consistent. And in retirement, that's what it's about. It's all about cash flow. Uh, you have X amount that you need every month. You have your social security, maybe a pension plus what your savings are and those or your investments are, and that's what should be generating some more income for you. Yeah. And the thing you've got to understand, retirement, no different than when you're working, is all about cash flow. It's not about anything else. It's about money coming in and money going out. Nothing changes. You still got bills to pay when you're retired. And whatever we can do on the investment side to help you supplement or even cover your expenses, that's what we're here to do. And, you know, there's no guarantees on any of this stuff. That's why we have to keep working at it. It's a dynamic plan. 
Give us a call, 233-0400. If you want to talk about it, air code 859. I've been doing this for 45 years, and I have survived. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. to the Tom okay. Dupree Show Take with Mike Johnson. If you want to learn how we can make your money work for you, call us, 859-233-0400. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree. You've heard me describe bonds as being timely investments lately. Recently, there have been numerous pieces of economic news which may be pointing to a recession. One of them is that credit card use among consumers has declined. Recessions almost always are accompanied by lower interest rates. Lower interest rates mean generally higher bond prices. At many times in the past, the best time to buy things have been when the outlook is unfavorable. For a no-cost, no-obligation examination of your retirement investment portfolio, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at DupreeFinancial.com.
Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show for our financial hour. Joining us, Mike Johnson, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. This song came out in 1971, right after Rod Stewart left the faces. It was from that first album of his, uh, Every Picture Tells a Story. And it was the... Every song on that album was great. But it was a definitely different sound than the faces. It was... uh, I don't know what you'd call this, but it's not rock and roll, per se. It's something else. And uh, this was the launching of Rod Stewart's... uh, solo career and he went in a decidedly different direction for decades and you know and then he evolved even further away from what he had been but you know you gotta pay homage to him while you still think of the fun those guys had being that rock band from England that basically just didn't last the same way the Beatles and the Stones did. Anyway, so there you go. That's kind of, it's you can hear sort of a John Mellencamp or, you know, kind of the, that you, genre. You know that song. You've heard oh, yeah, it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't ever take it for granted that young people have heard. <laughs> but no, that yeah. that's a, a, yeah, it's well, that and... I don't know. It's just its own sound. Yeah, it is. So, all right. What do you got? All right. So, last time, uh, last last half, we were talking about not getting overconfident, not letting you know the recent run up in the market let lead you to take it on more risk. I want to talk the flip side of that. Also, don't listen to the doomsdayers out there. Uh, there's a lot of that right now. Uh, I want to read. This is this is actually um, some Twitter X postings by Robert Kiyosaki. Now he's the one that wrote uh, "Rich Dad Poor Dad," um, and in that there's good <clears throat> fundamental uh, lessons to learn. Yeah, right. just you know, kind of what should be taught in school kind of concepts that aren't taught in school. Yes. Um, but much like several weeks ago when we were hearing Dave Ramsey talking about, you know, a ridiculously high withdrawal rate, um, this guy, he's talking. I felt bad in a way about ragging on Dave <laughs> Ramsey. I mean, I, I just don't feel right about it, but what he was saying was wrong. You know? It was wrong. Yes. Yeah, just wrong. Um, so Robert Kiyosaki, he's, he, he's been putting out things. Uh, so this is the most recent one. Uh, bank credit just sold off like 2008. Get cash out of banks as you need cash. This might be the start of the biggest crash in history. Hope I'm wrong yet. No time to play Russian roulette with your life. Um, is he out there saying that kind of, so, this was a, a Ben Carlson uh, has a, a really good blog, um, and this is going back uh, several years, all the way back to 2011. These perma bears, uh, which yeah. Jeremy Grantham would be one. You know, there's always the ne- the the, the crisis oh, yeah. du jour. You know, imagine the, having to live like that. And, 
every year or every six months, there's something coming out, the next big crash, the next big this. Um, but going back to 2011, here, here's, here were some of his postings, Robert Kiyosaki's posting. Um, guess what? The crash is not over. For the educated, the economic crash is the best time to get rich. That was in 2011. I've been predicting since 2002 that we'd have a stock market crash in 2016. This was in 2015. Um, article, Rich Dad, Poor Dad author uh, warns, biggest crash is coming in 2018. 2017, the biggest crash is coming. Uh, in 2020, the everything crash is coming. Uh, the biggest since 1987. Destroying the dollar. He was kind of right for a while in 2020. Well, it's at, COVID. It, he didn't, nobody saw But this was in October of 2020. Oh, okay. Yeah, he should have right. been saying this Market's in February of 2020. Yeah. Um, time to buy more gold and silver and Bitcoin is coming. Um, so the point is... This if, guy's been like if, if you wrong for and he's it, still around. He's still around. And, and they, they act, the, it was actually a really good chart because it's using it like a, a timeline, but it uh, puts on there what the S and P five hundred level was too at the same time. The point is, it's unbelievable. If you follow advice like this, you know headlines, uh, tidbits, you know negative news, perma bears. If you would have followed his advice. I can't tell you what he's making off of it, but I can tell you what you wouldn't be making. You would have lost a lot of, a money, lot of money by following the advice of, you know, this person and, or some of these people that, you know, back in 08, that's where they made their name. Uh, Meredith Whitney, John Paulson, Michael Burry. Uh, these were some that quote unquote called the financial crisis uh, in 08, 09. <coughs> and since then, They've not really been right on their timing on these things. These are these are institutions now, really. Um, you know, much like Dave Ramsey, that it, Ramsey is an institution. Um, you know, Robert Kiyosaki, he's built an institution around his name. You know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and some of the other books. Says he's got a hundred million dollar <coughs> net worth. Wonder what he invests in. Yeah, right. Be interesting to know. Yeah, it would. Um, so these people that are out there putting these, you know, big headlines, the market crashes come and sell everything, buy gold, go to cash. First off, they don't know you, the investor, they don't know you. They don't know what your situation is. And they're out there spouting this stuff off. Um, and there's, there's no accountability. Uh, no. so all it is, is they can later on say, I called this right. You should have listened to me. Um, in this business, you, when you're investing and you're looking at companies, the, a company, it's a, a company is not just one person. A company is a whole army of people m Pulling, pushing in the same direction to accomplish, to, to allocate capital. A company capital. is a family. A, a company, yeah, boy. No, a company should really be. really kind of is. A company should be In a way, you're profitable. more married to the people you work with than your own spouse sometimes. Sure. You're with them more. and Unless your spouse is present as yeah, well. Yeah, that can be a problem. <laughs> a double dose. Yeah, and, and that's been known to happen around here but see companies won't survive unless they're profitable that's what they that's are designed true. to do and designed to be they have to be and 
you as a shareholder are an owner of that company. That's correct. Um, and so you partake, especially if it pays dividends, in the profitability of that company. Yep. Um, well, even that, if you own stock and, you know, even if you don't get uh, uh, dividends, you still, the earnings accrue to your shares. Right. And typically, if it's not a dividend-paying stock, it will be reflected in the share price. Right. So. so anytime you see a headline that's making you know a huge statement like that, and the market's going to crash, um, something's going to go straight up, something's going to go straight down, understand that's not financial advice. That, that person is not a fiduciary. That person is not acting in your best interest. They're more than likely selling something to you, or they want you to subscribe to a newsletter or buy the book or whatever it may be, uh, or, you know, subscribe to the uh, blog or the radio show, and then they get advertising dollars. However, they're compensated. Just remember, real financial advice doesn't try to scare you into something. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. It should explain what's going on, and it should explain it in a way that you understand. That's right. Um, because if it's sound advice that's being given, it should be able to be explained simply and in a way that you understand. People know when they're being sold. Nobody is stupid enough to not know they're being sold. The way we sell you is to not sell you. Are you listening to a sales pitch for the pre-financial group when you're listening to this show? Of course you are. But the difference is we're not saying you got to do this, you got to do that. We're saying, guys, there's a process. We're going to tell you about it. We will tell you vehemently. You should be aware of the process that goes into investing your capital okay now you worked awful hard to set aside whatever money you've got that has been set aside i'm going to explain to you a lot of what goes into investing if you're comfortable with just uh still not knowing much about it just putting it over here look at the statements every now and then, and you don't want to know anything about uh, the, um, the details, that's fine. If it's working for you, fine. But I always feel like, and this is the way I look at stuff I own, I'd like to know as much about it as I can and know the quality of what I've got, know how it works, so that if things get ugly, I have some sense of conviction about my investments. That's the way I look at it. I tend to assume that other people feel the same way. Because mm -hmm. that's, that's the thing about markets. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's not a question of will they yeah. fluctuate? Will they go down? Of course They're going they will. To. They will. On average, they do. 
uh, on a year-to-year basis, you will have a drop in the market somewhere in the 5 to 10% range on average. But over time, the markets have averaged up. Um, and that's the difference between looking at markets and looking at particular companies. Uh, because the companies, their shares are traded every day in the market. So the market movements has an impact on their share price, um, which can provide opportunities because the share price, like I said, in the last half, that's just saying what the market's willing to pay you that day for the share or what you can buy that share for that day. Markets get nutty. Um, and you can buy in a down market, you can buy not, you could buy the future earnings of that company at attractive prices. You can buy the current dividend at an attractive price, which means the current yield is attractive. That's what we were talking about for the last three months, given how the market had been going down, share prices had gone down. The fundamentals were still intact. And the dividend was still intact. So that means the current yield for new investors was higher. Uh, so you were able to buy, and you still are to some extent. They have come up, but you're, it's still attractive. It's an attractive yield. You're still able to buy some of these things with a consistent dividend. Um, and like, like we said, it's all about cash flow, and that's where the dividend comes into play. What does, I'm amazed at not as many people talk about it in our business as I think should talk about it. I don't understand how it's just not common sense to a lot of people, but I think there are a lot of people in this business. They're just locked in on the idea of indexes, big stocks, and they don't really go very deep into the investment process and analyze it very much. Right. And the S&P 500, the index, for the recently has been generally one of the best. There's always a leader in the market. And the S&P 500 has been one of the top leaders in the market. That doesn't go on forever. And let what I was talking about last segment and don't misunderstand me when I say this, but a lot of people have gotten real lucky owning what they have, that that has been what has just happened to be the leader in the market. Um, and the likelihood that that will continue to be the leader, you know, the big tech, um, when they're trading at such elevated values, um, Maybe it does, but I think there's there's more that can go wrong for those than that can go right because they're they're priced for perfection. Um, Sometimes stuff can stay priced for perfection for quite a while. It can, and they have. Yeah, Um, but when we're looking at it in the context of retirement and being a uh, having a prudent investment approach for generating income. Um, that's where these other older, more mature types of businesses that produce income, that pay dividends, that's where those come into play. And, you know, money market right now, 
um, deceptively high. Deceptively high. Uh, it, it, much like the the tips were uh, in you know a year and a half ago. Uh, inflation was running high. Well, I can buy you know an inflation you know adjusted bond and get you know eight nine percent on these things. Well, it's like no, it, it, it's going to reset. You know, once inflation resets, which money, well, money market will reset as interest rates reset, which they have been. Um, and so th- think long term. That's that's what we strive to convey to our clients is don't think about the here you know, today, what's happening in the market today. Um, think about where things are going out in the future, you know, where's your life going to be? What's the market going to be looking like? Um, and what's the most prudent way to invest the money to generate an income stream for you? Yeah. A lot of times it's just common sense. You have a business, it's publicly traded, it throws off cash. You understand the business. You want to own a piece of it, and you're getting paid a dividend to own it. That's just how simple it is with a lot of the things, most of the things that we own. They're very easy to understand. I can understand a natural gas pipeline. It's a toll road. If I own a piece of the natural gas pipeline, I'm getting a little bit of toll every time stuff goes through. That's how they pay my dividend. I can understand a REIT that owns real estate. They are a landlord. They own real estate. The real estate pays them a dividend through rent. You, as a shareholder in that company, get paid part of the rent. That's not hard to understand really isn't hard. So those are the, some of the things that that we do. And, and, you know, you really, if you're just a common sense type investor and you don't fully understand how your money's invested, you really ought to give us a call because we can be uh, helpful to you in terms of getting your money invested and understanding where your money is if things get nutty, you'll know something about what your money's doing. You might even want to buy more. So that's it. That's it. That's Tom signing off. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Mike Johnson in today for our financial hour. If you'd like to learn how we can make your money work for you, please call us 859-233-0400. You can also schedule an appointment with us directly on our homepage. We'd love to see you. We'd be happy to take a look at your portfolio and give you a complimentary review so you do know what you own. We appreciate you listening to our financial hour. And we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. You turned into